This is The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. David is the senior pastor of Calvary Chapel Casa Grande in Casa Grande, Arizona. A little bit later, still in the Gospel of Luke in chapter 21, Jesus is teaching about the end times. As he finishes the teaching, he encourages his followers to watch, therefore, and pray when it's convenient. No. Pray when you've got time? No. But to pray always, that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Jesus encourages us in His Word to pray always, not when it's convenient, not when we have time, but always. Staying in constant communion with the Lord is a long-range weapon of warfare. Throughout the Bible are examples of saints who prayed, Saints who realize that this is a spiritual battle and are armed with a dangerous weapon. Pray so that you may be counted worthy in this fight. Pray for yourself and for those around the world. Now, here's Pastor David in the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, verse 18, with the conclusion of our message entitled, Long Range Warfare. Paul doesn't mention the Roman soldier's spear that he could stand back and lob this spear at the enemy and from a distance be able to attack an enemy, or at least the distance of being able to throw one. He doesn't have that listed, but I believe, again, this idea of prayer really is our spirit, to be able from a distance to be able to fight the enemy. I believe that prayer for the believer becomes for us today a spiritual drone, a spiritual UAV, that from wherever we're at, We can send out prayers against the enemy and in support of believers. Even from a distance, you and I can now do battle with the enemy as we pray for loved ones and friends and families. Even from a distance, you and I, we can battle with the enemy as we pray for the saints all around the world. We can be praying for the saints in Chechnya. We can be praying for the well as they develop this ministry. From right here in Casa Grande, from the comfort of your own home, from your own prayer closet, you can be sending UAVs over to Chechnya against the enemy so that that process, that well, that that ministry there could continue. You and I can send those long-distance prayers to uh, Thailand in, in support of Susan Staples as she's ministering there among the Hmong people. Again, the opportunity for us, without ever leaving the comfort of our home, without spilling a drop of our coffee, we can send over those spiritual drones against the enemy. You and I, as believers today, we can, as uh, as believers We can send prayers long distance to imprisoned believers like Pastor Saeed Abedini in Iran who's been imprisoned under a uh, a charge of, again, disrupting the the nation and the beliefs of the nation and has been sentenced with eight years within an Iranian prison. He was, again, a, a believer. He was born in Iran, but yet he became an American, then came to Christ, and from that time felt a real burden on his heart to go back to Iran to be able to share the gospel, the life, the truth that saved him. Yeah, a child of Ishmael that came to Christ that now puts his life on the line. You and I can be those that are also praying um, continually and praying effectively for a man like that. Pastor Abedini, his 
his wife and his two children are still in Idaho, but now he sits in a prison in Iran facing the tortures that come against him. The battle for life that Pastor Abedini fights is a real one. But, beloved, it's a spiritual battle, even more than a physical battle. And again, I'm reminded of a verse that we've looked at several times as we've been going through this section in Ephesians. Paul writes and tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So we see along with the, all the other gear that Paul speaks about in Ephesians 6, he now calls for this consistent this fervent prayer. Look at it with me, if you would. Ephesians chapter 6, looking starting at verse 18. Paul writes, praying always with all prayer. Now, this is after you're dressed up, after you've gotten all the gear on, and even as he says in verse 17, uh, that, you know, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, ready to go. You've got the full armor on. And now he says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end, with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints, and for me that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. The the intensity, the the urgency of this call to prayer can be seen by the choice of Paul's words. And yes, I know that he was led by the Holy Spirit, but I believe that the Holy Spirit placed within him that same urgency, that same uh, intensity that he writes for it. Listen to the words there in verse 18. He says, pray sometimes. No, pray always with all prayer, with all supplication. He says, pray in the Spirit. He says, to be watchful. He says, be watchful with a purpose. He says, to pray with all perseverance. Pray with all supplication. Pray for all the saints. Again, the, the tenses of the, of the Greek language and the specific words that were used there show how very adamant Paul was in the concerns that he had in this overall spiritual battle that believers are a part of. And he says, you and I as believers, we need to be praying people, praying for all the saints because there is a battle that's going on and there are many, yes, many even within our fellowship that are suffering damage because the enemy is having having his way with them. When our versions, particularly my New King James Version, translates Paul's words as praying always, well, we can kind of miss the point of Paul's request. Well, it's not really a request. It's, it's Paul's command to you and I as believers. The Greek phrase actually means to pray at all seasons. Pray at all seasons. Beloved, you need to understand that Paul wants the believers to pray when they feel like it and when they don't feel like it. Paul calls for believers to pray when it's convenient and when it's inconvenient. Paul directs us to pray when we're victorious, but also when we ourselves have suffered a great defeat 
There's many times how the enemy can come to us and when we've suffered a defeat in our own spiritual walk and we don't even feel that we can come before the throne. But beloved, I submit to you that that's the very time we need to go before the throne. That we need to be seeking the Lord. Paul believes that prayer is needed in a time of peace. But he also knows that it's absolutely necessary in the time of battle. There seems to be this reoccurring theme in Paul's letters. And once again, I feel it's because Paul himself, he was, he was a seasoned warrior. He knew what it was like to be in the midst of this spiritual battle that it comes against, the spirit comes against our emotional well-being, our physical well-being, every aspect of who we are. The battle is that strong and it's that intense. Paul knew firsthand about that. During the same time that he wrote the book of Ephesians while he was under house arrest there in Rome, Paul also wrote the book of Colossians. It's in the book of Colossians that we read Paul declaring that we need to continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. In the book of Romans, again, Paul writes to us in Romans 12, he says, not lagging in diligence, but be fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, and continuing steadfastly in prayer. In the closing words of his first book to the church of Thessalonica, Paul tells us in chapter 5, he says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. For you and I, as believers, to pray without ceasing, that is the will of God for our lives. To pray without ceasing. You, you think that Paul's kind of being repetitious here. You think that it's something that's very heavy on Paul's heart because he writes it over and over and over again, a continuing theme. But yet, it's not unique to Paul. This very same idea, uh, the very same word phrase that he uses often in his writings to the church actually came out of the very mouth of Jesus as he ministered to his followers. Back in Luke 18, verse 1, Jesus desired that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. After stating this command to his believers, Jesus went on to talk about that parable of the widow woman and the unrighteous judge. Many of you recall that, where the widow woman wanted the judge to, again, avenge her against her adversaries. And she would go and she'd knock on his door and say, avenge me, you're the judge, do something about it, and nothing was done. She would go back again and 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 go back again. Until finally the judge says, okay, I'll take care of it. Well, Jesus explained to his followers that God is much more righteous than that judge. And he'll hear those who cry out day and night to him. In other words, those who pray without ceasing. A little bit later, still in the Gospel of Luke in chapter 21, Jesus is teaching about the end times. As he finishes the teaching, he encourages his followers to watch therefore and pray when it's convenient. No. Pray when you've got time? No. But to pray always, that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. James, the brother of Jesus, he also understood the necessity of intensity and consistency 
in our prayers. In the book of James, James writes in chapter 5 about the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availing much. To help us to understand what James means by that idea of the effective, fervent prayer. Again, the, the Greek word phrase can also be translated as this energetic supplication. In other words, it's, it's not a passive thing, but it is a very active and energetic thing. He says the effective, fervent prayer, the, the energetic type of a prayer that comes before God with that anticipation that God's going to hear and that God's going to answer. Not just going through some rote uh, prayer, not just saying a prayer that's within some book, but it's the reality of a human heart that's being poured out to its Heavenly Father. It's the kind of prayer that Paul asked for in his own life. Back in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 19, he says, Oh, and don't forget, and pray for me, that utterance might be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. When you think about the place where Paul was when he sent out this request, you get kind of a better understanding of of what Paul was asking for. As I said before, he wrote the book of Ephesians while he was under house arrest in Rome. It was during this time Paul had appealed his case to Caesar. He had been arrested or taken under uh, control back in Jerusalem. The Jews wanted to kill him, and they didn't really care whether the Jews killed him or the Romans killed him. The Romans took him and again brought him under trial. Well, in the midst of the trial, uh, Paul says, you know what? I'm a Roman citizen, and I have the right, and I appeal to Caesar. So they said, you appeal to Caesar, then to Caesar you'll go. After all, the Roman leaders, they didn't really care to do anything on this thing because it was going to be a a non-winning battle for them either way. And so they sent him to Rome, and so now he's there in house arrest with Rome. And Paul's request for that was that utterance may be given to me that I might open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Paul was imprisoned in a house waiting to come to speak to Nero Caesar. And I believe that Paul's prayer was pointed and focused toward that thing. You know what? I'm going to have a chance here very shortly, to stand before Nero. Pray for me. Pray for me that utterance might be given to me, that I might be able to speak boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. Paul, I believe, with all earnestness, desired to share the gospel with Nero. Can you imagine if Nero came to the Lord? How much history would have been rewritten? Paul didn't get that chance, but Paul understood He was an ambassador of Christ in chains. He wasn't asking for release. He was asking for prayer as he stood before Nero and those the the guards that, uh, again, watched over him day in and day out, 24-7. Paul wanted to be able to have opportunity wherever he was to be able to share the hope and the truth of the gospel. And he was asking for believers far away from Rome that were located way over in Ephesus. You be praying for me because as you do that, that's throwing a spear at the enemy to defeat the enemy's purpose in order that God's purpose might be made known. That's, again, from Ephesus 
commanding and controlling a UAV to come and drop again these bombs or this attack against the enemy. He was asking that long-distance prayers be offered up for the ministry that he was involved in in order that it might be eternally successful. Some of you have heard, some of you have read, you've seen emails about or uh, articles on the Internet about Pastor Saeed Abedini. Pastor Saeed, again, a believer, yet he's also Iranian. As I shared, he's from that offspring of Ishmael. Loves the Lord, but he also loves the Iranian people and felt a call by God to go back and to begin establishing house churches in Iran, which is totally against their laws. Now in a prison cell, he was able to get a letter out to his family, to his friends, to the church. Listen to these words of this brother that even right now today is suffering torture and torment for the cause of Christ. He says that the conditions here get so very difficult with my eyes uh, that my eyes get blurry. My body does not have the strength to walk, and my steps become very weak and shaky. Various bullying groups, the psychological warfare, a year of not seeing my family, physical violence, actions committed to humiliate me, insults, being mocked, being confronted with extremists in the prison who create another prison within the prison walls, and death threats. He goes on to say, but of course, I can clearly see what is going on because I want to serve God. I see all of these difficulties as golden opportunities and great doors to serve. They are empty containers who are thirsty for a taste of the living water. And we can quench that thirst by giving them Jesus Christ. Maybe... You are also in such, in such a situation. So pray and seek God that He would use you and direct you in the pressures and difficulties of your lives. It's interesting. He changes now from the cares of his own life to be able to speak to believers all throughout the world. He said, so see your golden opportunities in pressures and difficulties. See the shining morning star in the dark time of your life. He writes, I love him. He is so gracious, merciful, and righteous to me. I now know that I've not been forgotten and that we are together in this path. God gives me grace. This is my message for the church. Stay strong for his glory. He will come back soon. Be with God and give your best efforts for his kingdom. We found out that here just recently, part of the torment, part of the torture that Pastor Saeed is going through is that they're taking, literally taking nails and not driving them into his hands and into his feet and even into his head, but they're pushing the nails. Think about that. against the, Again, the pain of having a nail could just physically pushed within those tender parts of your body. You and I can send UAVs to assist Pastor Saeed. We can send long-distance prayers. But he's not the only one. There, there, there's at least 20 other Christians who are currently detained in Iran because of their faith. You and I need to send prayer drones 
to Iran because God is moving there. David shared with us last night that the growth of believers in Iran is, uh, is exceeding every place else in the world. Muslims are coming to Christ, but their lives are being threatened, so it's very quiet. It's very underground. Right now in prison is Pastor Farshid Fatha. He's been held in Evan prison since 2010. Pastor Bayman Irani, imprisoned since 2011. He's being denied medical treatment, for, and he has some serious health problems. Pastor Avenisian was arrested in December 2012 during a raid on a house church. We need to be praying for them. You and I need to be praying for believers that are in persecution all over the world. How convenient it is for us to come on a Sunday morning without any care or concern that the police might see us pull into a church building. How easy and convenient it is for you and I to be able to have a Bible and go into Starbucks and open that Bible to be able to read it right there, to be able to share our faith, the convenience that we have, at least at this time frame, within our country. And yet those brothers and sisters in the Lord there in Iran that are literally taking their lives at risk when they come to faith in Jesus Christ. Beloved, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. You and I need to be praying that way. The weapons of our warfare do not change. Paul ends this whole section in Ephesians as he's thinking about the welfare of others. And he writes these encouraging words to the church. He says in verse 21, But that you also may know my affairs and how I'm doing, Tychicus, a beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will make all things known to you, whom I have sent to you for this very purpose, that you may know our affairs and that he may comfort your heart. Verse 23, he writes, Peace to the brethren and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all those who love our Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity. Amen. Yeah, Paul was fighting a physical battle. He was in a physical chains. But he knew that it was much more than those physical chains that were going on. Just as Pastor Saeed and these other pastors, just as Christians all around the world who are suffering persecution for their faith, they understand, no, it's just not a physical battle. Though we may be affected physically, the battle is a spiritual battle. And beloved, I believe that that's why one of the very last things that Paul writes to you and I as believers is that we need to be praying. We need to be praying for other believers we need to be praying for those who are in persecution. We need to be praying even for ourselves, that we might, in the freedoms that we have, even today here in this place, that we would have the boldness to speak the name of Jesus to the people around us. We have such great freedoms. We have such a great blessing. But in the midst of those freedoms, have we gone lazy? Have we grown soft? Has our Christianity become convenient for us? God is moving, folks. Great revival is happening in lives and hearts of individual people and in some places in groups of people. 
But you know what? It's not happening that much in the United States. It's happening where the faith is being tested, where there's great persecution, there's great trials, and being a believer is not convenient. Pray for your brothers and sisters. Pray for yourself that the Lord would grant you boldness and wisdom and strength in the Holy Spirit to be able to speak and proclaim the name of Jesus to a lost and dying world that's all around us. It seems that more and more people are getting caught up in a works-based expression of their faith. Ephesians 2.8 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. This is the book Pastor David is currently teaching through, Ephesians. You can get a free copy of today's teaching at our website. Simply log on to www.theopenword.com. That's theopenword.com. Although the Open Word is a huge blessing, we pray that it's not your only source for the teaching of the Word of God. It's our hope that you're attending a church that teaches God's Word from beginning to end. If not, we'd like to invite you to join us at Calvary Chapel of Casa Grande for worship on Saturday evenings, Sunday mornings, or Wednesday evenings. For service times, driving directions, and more information, log on to theopenword.com. And follow the link to the church website. Finally, we want to encourage you to follow us on Twitter, The Open Word Radio, or log on to TheOpenWord.com and follow the link right there on the homepage. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to The Open Word with David Landry. Please join us next time as Pastor David continues teaching verse by verse through the book of Ephesians. That's next time on The Open Word.